Alright, so we're gonna count down in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to another great episode of Breaking Bread with Corey. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. We actually have two, got them two, two episodes coming back to back um, with some really awesome ambassadors. I am just setting things up, so bear with me. I hope everybody is doing well. Um, loads of great guests that we have coming for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can get that going. Just gonna throw all these people in there. See if we can get any of those. Da, 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 da. All right. All right. Hey everybody! Thank you all for joining. Thank you. I'm a. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and saying hello. Uh, uh, hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, as I was saying, welcome to another great episode of Breaking Bread with Corey. Um, I have two amazing ambassadors lined up for you tonight, starting within the next couple of minutes. We have an amazing ambassador doing something that is very innovative, very smart, and um, very supportive uh, to the black-owned uh, ambassadors uh, in the community. Um, we're going to be speaking with Sean McLeod uh, from A Taste of the Culture. Um, so excited to be sharing that. Uh, and then just at an hour from now, we're going to be speaking with the woman of the hour, uh, Miss Gloria Paisan of Mario Paisan Cellars, which I'm going to be drinking tonight. Their Sauvignon Blanc. Um, I'm actually going to be pairing it with throughout the uh, simulcast. Uh, a little kettle chips, that's right, from Trader Joe's, get down. Um, but two great ambassadors doing something really, really amazing for the industry. Um, and I can't wait to, to begin this program. But before we get begin, I would just like to say thank you for all your support. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a great ride and so excited to share more with you in the coming weeks um, with some amazing ambassadors. Like I said, we have some really amazing ambassadors coming to you uh, to share the screen with me in the next few weeks. So I will really excited. I want to get this, this show started. So I'm going to go ahead and bring my special guest of the night. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Really appreciate it. Let me see what I can get. Let me see if I can get my special guest. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Don't forget, tonight, if you have questions, please go ahead and put it right there in that little circle with a question mark. And hello, Mr. Sean. How you doing? Good evening. How are you? Good, good, good. Just uh, straightening out my camera. How, how's, the, how's the day been? Day's been pretty good. It's been a busy Monday. Uh, it's been pretty gray, yeah. unfortunately, on the East Coast. Uh, but, you know, that's April for you. <laughs> and, and where are you coming from exactly? I'm in Philadelphia. Very cool. Very cool. I know you said that you're in your bio that you're a, a Philadelphia native. That's very cool. Are you so you're an Eagles fan? I am. I am. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they're going to do this coming year? It's a rebuilding year for sure. Uh, and it, it sucks. I mean, we can't complain. We won our first Super Bowl in 2018. So, you know, we can't really be too sour about it. But, you know, mm -hmm. it lasts. It's quick. It doesn't last long. I'll say that. Yeah. Our, our window <laughs> closed pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a big sports fan. My grandfather raised us with sports and and really good like uh, really good beer. He always brought his cooler with beer, but he always he, every every Sunday we'd come over our house and he'd say, "Put the ball game on, whether it was football, baseball, basketball, you name it." But when I always talk to somebody from the East Coast, especially Philadelphia, they are hardcore 
fans. They take it it it's in their blood. And you know, one of my favorite movies, believe it or not, like I said, I'm a big sports fan. I love sport movies. Everything from, you know, Remember the Titans to Rudy to but one of my greatest ones that I always say is Invincible uh, about yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy from the the walk on mm-hmm. from Philadelphia. Mark, I always Mark forget Wahlberg. his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 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 was such a a great story because it just showed you that anybody anybody could be you know somebody, and it's 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 such an inspiring story. And what you do is very inspiring. Thank you. From the from the moment that I saw your your bio and from the time we actually started talking and getting everything ready for this, this show, um, what you do is, is very innovative. It's very supportive uh, of the community. Um, and it's, it's something that we, we all need. And I, I love for you to introduce yourself and tell what you really do. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm Sean McLeod. I'm a Philadelphia native, as you mentioned, uh, I've spent most of my life here, but I think part of what I bring to a taste of the culture, which I'll get to, is, is my travels. So when I first graduated from college, I traveled full time across the country for work for about five years. And I've traveled around the world, you know, for leisure for the most part. Um, and it's a big part of who I am. And I think it's what brought me to spirits initially. Um, there's definitely like an emotional connection there. My, my grandfather who passed last year kind of introduced me to spirits and not even just, Hey, here's a drink, but more so letting me know, you know, what spirits meant and kind of how spirits are a glimpse of the region where they're from. Right. So Scotch from Scotland, Irish whiskey from Ireland, tequila from Mexico, stuff like that, where like learning about spirits and how it can tell you about a certain part of the world and even a part of the country, depending on uh, what they are. So it's just something that I've always been, been into, um, I started working in the industry in 2013. So I come at it from the marketing side. Um, and my first role was on behalf of Duce Cognac when they first started expanding beyond just New York and Miami and LA. Uh, so I was responsible for uh, bartender act, like outreach and con- consumer um, education and also some events and sponsorships uh, in the Philadelphia market as well as New Jersey and a couple others like New England. Um, so just kind of expanding it beyond the really big markets and, and getting it out there. And Cognac's one of those interesting spirits where, you know, it's sold in kind of <laughs> that top, top fine dining restaurant and also in neighborhood bars that only take cash, right? So it, you really learn a lot. You're able to kind of really... So I, I thought it was an amazing first experience for me in the industry because I really got a chance to do everything. You know, some nights I had to put on a damn near a tux and then other nights I could, you know, be incognito. So it was a very, right. very... Uh, uh, insightful and a great experience for me. Um, and I've been working in the industry ever since in different ways, whether it was a marketing kind of ambassador role like that. I've also worked at a distributor. Um, I've worked in events and sponsorships as well. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything. And I'm currently wrapping up my MBA now. Um, I had grand, Very good. I had, thank you. I had grand plans to become a brand manager, um, actually. In spirits. Um, and, I, you know, I've kind of changed my idea of, of what my career will be a little bit. This business came out of nowhere, you know, and I'll, I'll get to that part. So, you know, I do see a future as a brand manager in marketing in some industry, maybe not in spirits, uh, or maybe it will be with one of the brands I work with. But I feel like this business has such great, such a great opportunity that, you know, I'm kind of all in on this right now. So that's that's kind of where things are these days. Yeah, no, the, the industry, like I said, if, if you love drinking right now, whether it's beer, wine, and spirits, now's the time to drink it because there's so much potential. There's so much, uh, there's so much creativity and all these different fingerprints that are going on. You know, you have all these different innovative ways to make, you know, everything from bourbon to scotch, you know, to tequila, to vodka. You're, you're going all the way through the line. Uh, even in the wine area to your breweries or microbreweries, you have people being very innovative. You even have things that are coming out like lavender beers and so forth. You know, you have all these, these things that are coming out. So I always say, man, this is the time to actually drink it all. Now, as far as, uh, you know, what you see in the industry, what is really kind of 
really enticed you to keep that that foot on the pedal? What is is there a certain momentum in certain parts of the spirit industry that is really making a big push right now? Well, I, I think the industry is changing, and I think that's what makes a business like this possible. Now, you know, I, I'll be honest. You know, I'm a one man show. I, I don't have the crazy resources, and that's one of the reasons why you know I'm pushing the brands I'm pushing for that reason, right? Is there's a commonality there. But I think, you know, COVID, obviously, as, as horrible as it has been, it's really made people, you know, people are buying things online. And direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. and spirits and wine and beer space is stronger than it's ever been. And it's something that right. I've always felt needed was needed. And, you know, living in Pennsylvania, I have a different, uh, a very different lens of it because, you know, we don't have it except for wine, right? So it's that much right. harder. Um, but, you know, in places where it's available, it's it's amazing. And it's one of those things that, it's hard because people, when you, when you try, it's like, like buying spirits is like trying on clothes, right? Like you want to try it. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. just buy something without knowing, but, and you know, for the past almost a year, it's something that people do and people are, are kind of discovering things. And that's the curiosity right. is probably the main thing that's, that's kind of has the momentum now where people are willing to, to go out on a limb and try something different, try something new. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're willing to, somebody like me who has a little bit of, you know, I don't want to call it expertise, but I know some things and, you know, I'm able to kind of educate people on things. And that's kind of where, you know, that conversation takes place. So it's like, all right, I trust you and your opinion. I'll try it out. And that's something that, you know, that would happen at a bar or it might happen at a store, but it wouldn't happen online. And it's starting to happen now. Right. No, it's, it's great to see. It's, it's great to see the, the, the subscription services providing a lot of versatility a lot of options, like you were saying, you know, I, I see a lot of it out there and it's, it's awesome because right now this is the, for the majority of us, this is the only way that you can get in contact with these things. Right. Same thing, like how you said that you have, you know, certain issues of Phil, Philadelphia, it's the same way it's over here in Oregon, you know, you're, you're restricted. So if you want to get, spirits you have to go into the liquor store you can't just go into a normal grocery store and see it all in one place exactly. you have to got kind of go search for it um but this gives you a nice option because you provide a, a really good directive for for the consumer and you give really good description and, and it's attractive people want to go and go hey I'll, I'll you know and then what you focus on can you tell us who you focus on because this is really special this is important and i think like you said in the in the midst of covid in the pandemic we all started to do some brainstorming and how we could create positivity and make things happen tell us what you really focus on and i really love this sure sure so my focus with the taste of the culture is exclusively to feature black owned wine and spirits and the idea behind that is, is literally just kind of i don't want to call it an epiphany but you know Almost a year ago now, you know, the George Floyd situation happened and, and other instances of social injustice. Uh, and they've been going on for years, right? But in 2020 was right. the time where we really, as a country, we took a step back and realized that, you know, there's there's things that could be changed. Um, and as horrible as all those things were, the silver lining of that was the support for Black-owned businesses. You know, large corporations and everyday people were really, you know, putting their money where their mouth was and supporting Black-owned businesses. Now, you know, having worked in the spirits industry for quite some time, I wasn't as aware of, of a lot of Black-owned spirits as I thought I was. I knew about a handful. But amongst right. all that promotion, I started seeing, you know, lists and, and brands I've never heard of, like some of these beside me. i never heard of these brands in my life. And as mm-hmm. I started diving deeper and doing my own research, you know, I kind of felt like, wow, you know, I can do more. Uh, there was, you know, when it was all said and done, and now I have a list of over... 100 brands of, of wine and spirits, just wine and spirits. So if you get into beer, it's, you know, all other thing. Right. And it's like, all right, what could I do? I have all this experience. I know some things. I was just in my job at the time, I was really starting to realize the power of, of things like Flaviar or Caskers where we were, or Drizzly, where we were actually incorporating them into, into our, our events and things like that. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, if this is something that's going to be a part of people's buying habits, you know, there's a way to do this. Uh, and focus on Black-owned brands because at the time, and I, I give a lot of these companies credit, they are focusing more on Black-owned brands. Some of them are included, but not all of them, right? So 
right. you learn in business school, you know, when you create a business, you feel a need. And that was the need I saw where there's hundreds of these brands. They don't have the access to distribution, uh, the marketing dollars that some of the other gigantic brands do. Um, but I could give them a platform where they could reach people all over the country where legal, right? And that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, I'd say so the culture of the name just kind of made sense. I, I think uh, over time, it's just something that it, I couldn't have called it anything else. So I'm, I'm happy I was able to, I'm a little bit creative, I'll say. <laughs> I'll pat myself on the back with that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I- Hey, Sean. I, yeah. Real quick, I didn't mean to disrupt you, but I lost audio. Could you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to see, trying to see if, it was, if it was me on my, my end is because I can't hear you. You went out like just oh okay for the last like 10, 15 seconds, and I'm trying to get. I apologize, everybody. I'm trying to get the audio situation correct. That's what usually happens with good old technology. Got, gotta love Mondays, yeah. right? <laughs> um, let's see. Do you want, let's see, if, could you do me a favor? Could sure. you maybe, let's try this, because if it's coming from, I can't hear you, you could hear me. Do you try maybe um, I'll take these out. picking yourself out, and then I'll try it, and then I'll bring you back on to see if that might be the case? Sure. We pause this program for technical difficulties. We'll be rebroadcasting the broadcast in just a little over 30 seconds. <laughs> Let me see if I can get this going. All right, let's see if this works. Thanks for bearing with us, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it. Let's see if we get back. Okay, let's see. How's that? There you go. There We're we back. Go. <laughs> We're back and rolling. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, did, did something happen? Did I do something with my own earphones or something? But um, Technology. if you can just, I, I apologize, but could you just kind of uh, retract what you just said? I know you were bringing a lot of great information. Could you just repeat it on my end? Sure, um, sure. So, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, long story short, um, you know, once everything happened last year with a lot of the social injustice um, and just the then support of Black-owned businesses, I started discovering a lot more Black-owned wine and spirits. And I felt that I could use my skills and expertise to help some of those brands, much like, you know, specialty, like craft specialty beer clubs or whiskey clubs. There is an opportunity to focus on Black-owned wine and spirits because it's, right. a, it's a very similar situation, right, where a lot of these brands are like regional superstars. Like you have brands that are from D.C. and are popular in that area. Or uh, like Ellis Cream is actually from Canada. But, you know, they have a big following now in, in New York and Florida and places like that. Um, and, they're, you know, they're growing nationwide. So it's just it, I, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of give people around the country the access and, and just to know about them. Because what I started doing right. is when I first learned about some of the brands, I purchased what I could get. I was living in New Jersey at the time, so it's a little bit easier. Um, and I started doing some reviews about the brands. I tried them out, did some, did some cocktails, did some reviews, and a lot of people were curious. They were like, hey, you know, how do I buy this? Or where do I get it? Tell me more about it. And I realized that it was something that people wanted. They just never could comprehend how it could happen, right? Because especially, you know, New Jersey is a little bit different, but much like Oregon, Pennsylvania is a control state. You have to go to the, uh, the state liquor store and, you know, whatever they right. have is what you can get, right? So just that not realizing that, you know, there's so much more out there and direct to consumer, all those things are kind of coming together. Uh, so it was a good opportunity to, to kind of put something like this out and, and educate people. So I'd say to the culture is a subscription box, but it's also building the community up, right? Where on right. my website, there's a list of all the brands. There's videos of reviews I've done in the past. And I try to update those as much as I can, where you can learn more about these brands beyond, you know, what you'll see on their website and, and kind of get an opinion from someone that's objective. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's literally what it is. And it's been amazing. Uh, I, I had the idea for the company in a, probably early June, um, and I launched it in December. Uh, and obviously, you know, with, with spirits and wine, there's a lot of legal things and 
funding, right. stuff you have to figure out. So it took, I took some time and, and dug in and figured a lot of stuff out. And being furloughed from your job will give you some time to do things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's been amazing. And I've, I think the, what's great about it is, you know, I've been in touch with, you know, tens and tens of probably not, not quite all the hundred, but I've probably been in touch with, you know, maybe 50% of the brands that I'm aware of. Right. So I think what's great about that is everyone's been happy about it. They've been embracing the idea. Everybody wants to figure out how yeah. to make things work. But also there's so much more to do, right? And I've, I've been noticing, you know, every couple of weeks or so, I'm discovering a new Black-owned brand that I hadn't heard about. So I think that's the kind of the cool part where the success of brands like Uncle Nearest um, or even, you know, black, like Black-led brands or, you know, Ciroc or brands like that that aren't owned solely, that aren't owned by Black people, but the people have embraced them. People are kind of realizing now, hey, you know, we can have ownership in this industry. And that's something that I've right. always wanted to see and, and, and be a part of. So I'm happy to kind of be a part of furthering that conversation. Yeah, no, that is, that is, that is important. And I know you were talking about a couple of the bottles that you have behind you. Um, is there any brands that you want to just like talk about that are really, I mean, I, I, I would say all the brands that you carry are very underrated and not very no noticed or I hope I said that that correctly. Yeah, I know but, what you mean, yeah. Right, but as far as it's not getting its its due, basically, you know, and um, so are there any of those that you have behind you you want to talk about? I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear some of those because, again, me being on this side of of the world, it's like like you said, it's so restrictive that we have you have to constantly dig. It's like digging being indiana <laughs> jones and find the the lost city you know right. it is just like that and it shouldn't be like that where you're having to dig so far deep you know you're like in another country already by the time you get up you know so can you talk about some of these brands that are really that you think man these are something that we should be talking about a lot sure and i i think what you i think what you said is great and it's your statement about how hard it is, it's literally why I created the business, right? Because I wanted to take all the, the headache out of it where literally the idea of the general subscription is, you know, it's different every month. I'm going to pick everything that's there. So all the, all the decisions are made for you. So, you know, you'll, you'll get something great. It's a Black-owned spirit or wine. It's a Black-owned mixer. It's a bar accessory, right? So all those steps are taken out of it. and You're literally getting something cool. Um, as far as there's a ton of brands I, I would love to talk about. I think what I've noticed um, is that when you have hurdles, when it comes to being in a, a business, right, especially in the spirits world, you have to be creative. And that's the thing that's been mm -hmm. amazing about a lot of these Black-owned spirits is that they're doing things that no one else has done. Uh, right. Me, I want to grab something that I, I should show you. No, go ahead. Please, please. Uh, so in addition to the two I have here is uh, Blue Royal. So Blue Royal is probably one of the most unique spirits I've ever seen. It's a, a rum and tequila uh, spirit, pretty much. Right? And when you hear that, you're like, what? <laughs> because that's what I said first. But when I tried it, I was like, man, you literally get rum and agave, like, and it's balanced. It doesn't taste like harsh. It doesn't taste overly sweet. It literally is a nice right. blend of both. And it's just, it's just amazing because obviously, you know, in spirits, right? Like bottle, bottle matters for a lot of people. Like some, some people will buy this just because of how it looks, right? But yeah. the fact that it tastes that way is, is, is amazing. That's, that's definitely a spirit that I've always, uh, I'm always going to champion. Um, the two behind me as well. So Black Leaf Vodka. Um, is a really, really great vodka based out of D.C. It's actually made in France, though. Uh, and it's made kind of in a similar process as cognac is, right, with that same kind of mentality right. of uh, small batch distillation. Um, and it's, it's made from winter wheat, so it's very creamy. And it's one of those, like, vodka is so, it's known so much as, like, a, a odorless, tasteless spirit, which, I mean, in a general sense, yes. But something like this, you know, you can drink that straight, and it's, it's very velvety, it's, it's smooth, it's creamy. I love I love Black Leaf uh, and LS Cream. One of the first brands I actually was in contact with that I discovered. Uh, and what's amazing about them is that you know the cream liqueur category is pretty much dominated by a few players, right? Like you got Bailey's, you got Rum Chata, which was just in the news over the weekend. Um, but what they've done is uh, the founders of that brand are Haitian, right? So there's a, a Haitian uh, drink that's really popular around the holidays. It's called Cremas. 
And it's similar to, I guess, what's more widely known in the Spanish culture, uh, Puerto Rican culture, is coquito. So very similar idea where it's like a you know a bunch of cream and spices and things like that that's made during the holidays. Right. So cremas is a similar idea, and they found a way to bottle that. Um, and it's, it's LS cream liqueur. It tastes amazing. And what's kind of cool about it is it's very versatile, right? So you can use this in all the other cream liqueur drinks that you know, whether it's, you know, like a with coffee or, or whiskey or things like right. that, rum. You can yeah. also do really nice, like, elevated cocktails with this. Like rum-based cocktails, like pina coladas, things like that. Uh, and that's why I love this. And it's so versatile. It's light. It's, it's, it's very flavorful, but it doesn't taste overly sweet. It's really balanced. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just a tip of the iceberg, I would say. Um, but, it, you know, again, I, I could talk about it for days, but I think that's kind of the thing where it would be great, right, if, you know, if this, something like this didn't have to exist where we had to highlight that they were Black-owned. But that's the world we live in, and all these brands are doing things that are very unique that other companies aren't doing, and that's why they stand out in addition to them being Black-owned. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the thing is, again, you're, you're starting to find these, these gems come out and you're starting to find how innovative they are, creative they are, and what they're bringing to the fold. I always say everything, everybody is bringing everybody, everything to the table right now. Everybody can benefit. Right. You can't lose. Right. So why not do it? You know what I mean? You cannot lose if you bring everybody into the table because we're all going to take from everything and learn. Open our minds right. and really go... Man, this is what I could do. This is what, what they're doing over there. This is what they're doing over there. They're bringing this type of flavor, this type of style, you know, and this is the time to do it. And, and you hit on something um, just rewinding back of what you were saying um, about just the culture itself. Um, how have you seen since you started? I know it's been a small window. Yeah. to get your your the, the whole business going but how have you seen have you seen that it starting to really pick up steam do you see more things like hey when you talk to one person they're giving you information and resources to another and another and another is that how it's is that how it's progressing for sure for sure much like many other craft communities you'd be surprised how many people know each other Right. And I think right. everyone's mentality is to help each other at this point, because whether, you know, some brands are bigger than others. Right. But everyone's remembers where they were when they started and how things were. Um, and I think I find myself kind of doing the same thing where I'm happy to make those connections as well. So I think it's a very community oriented kind of mentality right now. Uh, it's definitely gaining traction. I was fortunate enough to be on the news locally uh, last week. Um, during nice. one of the popular morning shows out here. So that was, I had my best week ever, I'll say that, uh, this past week, which was very good, you know, to see. I think, again, I was very confident when I, st when I thought of this that it was something that, you know, could progress, but it's just all a matter of awareness, right? So the same issue that the brands are having, I'm, I'm going to have, right? So it's just a matter of continuing to push forward and knowing forward. that, you know, my, what, my, what I'm doing is kind of over, it's, it's all-encompassing, right? So there's a little more opportunity to let to gain awareness for more brands but you know you're still gonna you know it's all about awareness i mean every day you're marketing and doing things in different ways to gain awareness for the brand but yeah i'm, I'm definitely happy i've been fortunate enough to without real pr yet uh have some really great opportunities uh that i've been able to take advantage of i mean th even things like this i i think uh, I, I love doing these interviews because it gives me an opportunity to really continue to have those conversations right because you know every time you talk to someone about the business you remember one why you did it you start it just it's, it's, it's fun to kind of go back to that mentality and, and why it's because every day you're like in it and you're like pushing forward and trying to do stuff so every anytime you get to sit back and kind of talk about the inception and why you're doing it it's, it's always great and it kind of re-motivates you to keep right. going and it's 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 a you you hit on something again it's a great reminder of why we all started in this business, right. why, wh what we fell in love with. It's like people that you say, like, you know, I say like the pros, they, sometimes they forget. Sometimes they, it's all about the big bucks and they forget about the soul of the sport. Well, sometimes you kind of have to reset and have that communication. And that's the thing that I always, I, I love learning and I love just 
talking. That I, I that's my grandfather in me. You know, my grandfather was just the talker. He used to talk to even people he didn't know. They used to say when you went to the Olympics in in was it 1932 and the LA Coliseum. He said the the story was that he knew everybody in the Coliseum by the time the the day was over. You know, because he was just a talker. But I think that's the thing that we have to really engage. And I think a lot of us are starting to really utilize that since this whole pandemic thing is really opening the doors of communication and really showing, Hey, this is what's out here, man. And and I love hearing that. I've always been a West coast guy. And so when I hear everything coming from the other side of the country, I'm like, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is a whole, it's almost like you said, a whole different world that you're just learning and you want to, to, to continuously learn and dig and, and embrace and support. Um, and that's the thing that I, again, I love what you're focusing on and the support, the support that you're getting. Like you said, you got, yeah, I was on an interview. I'm, I'm with a celebrity right now. I'm sharing the screen with the celebrity. That's pretty cool. But, but I think that's the thing is that it's the support and the community, everybody. It's not the competition. It's the support. It's the community about it. And that's the one thing I dig. Um, so is there any particular areas of the country that you found that these ambassadors that you're pulling, that you were finding all of a sudden you're going like, man, I didn't know that area had these like producers here. Did you find things like that as you were kind of searching, doing your research? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of a general kind of shift in, in wine and spirits making in the whole country. I mean, there's brands, there's whiskey being made out your way now that's, you know, pretty awesome. Uh, and I think those type of things, you know, no matter how you want to start the, in the business or why, you know, you start to notice things like that. So I, I've definitely, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area is definitely a hotspot right now for producers of, of different types of spirits, whether it be vodka or, or whiskey or things like that. I, I think that's definitely a, a, a big hotspot. Florida is always a, a, a popular region and I've, for many reasons, right? And out your way too. Um, I'm looking forward to getting in touch with, uh, I'm forgetting the name now. I have to, there's a vodka based out of LA um, that I need to, I've been meaning to try out. It's, it's, I, I'm going to, it's going to bug me. I'm going to double check the name. <laughs> It's going to bug me that I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, they're based out in LA. Very, very, I've heard nothing but good things about it. But you know, it's just a matter of, you know, that's a long distance. We're trying to get on the same page to, to have the conversation. But I've I've heard nothing but good things. And they're kind of being embraced as, as LA's vodka, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think as people are starting to kind of take their guard down, in regards to different types of spirits. I mean, even tequila, right? Now, tequila has to be made in Mexico. But I think even just people's kind of willingness to go ahead and take that leap, like people aren't trying to half-ass it, which I can appreciate, right? Because there, there's brands out there that I've seen that are making, you know, those mixes of whatever have you. That's not tequila, but they call it that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, people are going down to Jalisco and actually, you know, making real tequila and building relationships with distilleries right. and doing those things, which I think is important. Um, right. But, but, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, you know, for wine, you're gonna, California is, is primarily where that's going to be. But, I mean, people are starting to really branch out and do things. I, I, I definitely I have a relationship, actually. The wine in my last box. They're based out in, in Carolina, North Carolina, and they're in the process of, in the future, um, sourcing their wine from, from grapes out there. So, I mean, even things like that, like, it's just unique, and it's, it's great. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to, right. to seeing what comes of it. What, what are the big wineries that you've seen that are starting to come into your subscription box that you thought, you know, uh, that were just really like a, a, a area again another unheard of area or a unique area uh to winemaking also and you're like i have these 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 producers i have these producers in my box is there anybody that you have that you're just like really excited about i have something i'm excited about for the future um the, i've had two wines in the box so far both were, both were based out 
out in Napa. Um, but I'm excited to to see what's coming. Um, I'm in talks now with someone who actually I went to college with, um, and she's based out in New Jersey. Um, so I'm excited to see you know what, what she has to offer um, with with lovely wines. Um, I've heard a lot of good things. You know, it's one of those random things that we we didn't know each other very well in college, but you know, I didn't realize that we knew each other until we saw each other again. I'm like, oh yeah, like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, winemaker now. Like she's like legit, like into it, and so I, I think that's amazing. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited to to just keep discovering. I, I think again, I created this box for myself in mind, and you know, as as crazy as that sounds, you know, I wanted to make something that I would enjoy, right? So the idea is to take people on this the journey of discovery. So every month, right. it's going to be very, it's going to be vastly different. I'm trying to show people kind of all the corners of what's available. Right, so the first month uh, in December was a sparkling wine. Uh, for New Year's, it kind of made sense. Um, January was LS Cream. February was Blue Royal, which I talked about earlier. Uh, in March, I had Ebony Wine, which is the wine I talked about that's uh, in Charlotte. And then okay. in April this month, I have Tilero Tequila. So just all very different. Um, May, I'm going to have a cognac. June, I'm going to have a gin. So I'm, I'm literally trying to hit you know, all corners of the industry. And, you know, hopefully kind of some next plans are to add additional subscriptions, right? So I, I really, whiskey is still kind of, it's not quite as hot as tequila is now, right? Where that's the spirit of the moment, but whiskey has its lovers. Uh, and that's something that right. I'm looking to do is, is add a whiskey only subscription uh, and, you know, let people know, you know, they're more than just, just Uncle Nearest that are, that are black on whiskeys out there. Uh, right. Which, you know, I, I, and I, you know, I love Uncle Nearest and I hope to include them in the box one day. But, you know, ideally, I want to be able to just show everybody else what else is out there as well. No, that's 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 awesome. And um, so how many bottles? So you, you, how many bottles come in each subscription? Do you have a variation for? So you it's, know? it's one seven fifty, um, which, again, I, 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 I thought about myself and I was like, I, I did a survey. I mean, I surveyed people when I first had the idea and I got some feedback from about 20 people. But I was, when I came up with the idea, I was like, if I was to subscribe to something, I want a full bottle, right? And how I kind of made it work is I send you a full 750. I also send you a mixer if I send you a spirit, right? So your mixer will typically be four ounces. So that's going to get you a couple cocktails. But you, right. you should have an opportunity to do other things with the spirit as well, right? So if you have friends come over or you want to try it this way or that way. So the idea is, you know, to, I, I don't want to, and I mean, I think there's a place for everything, right? Then there are certain subscriptions right. you get, you know, little samples and that's great. But, you know, I wanted to really provide a full bottle so people can really explore these brands and try them out, you know, because it's all new for the most part, right? So so they can try it out in a, in a unique way that they, they probably didn't know they could. That is, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and as far as what you're doing and you know, your, your, I always say like our, our fingerprint, what we're doing to, as far as making things better, where would, where would you like to see your fingerprint go? Where would, where would you like to see that expand within the industry? Because like this subscription is, is awesome. What you're doing is very innovative, you know, even with the mixers. You know, that's that's something because you're allowing the consumer to be creative and, and being versatile with that product, learning how to utilize that product. Um, so where do you want, like, as far as where do you want to continue to have your fingerprint go in the industry? Good question. And I think what you just said is, is a part of it, right? So it was important to me to include Black-owned mixers because, especially during when COVID was really bad, when, you know, jobs were lost, a lot of people that make these mixers are mixologists, right? So it's an opportunity to create income streams for them. And that was important to me where it's like, these are all people that are part of the industry. So if I can create, ideally what I want to do is to be, I want to taste of the culture to be that hub where if people want to find black owned spirits, black owned wine, black owned mixers, even mixologists or, or bartenders at some point, right? That they could go to a taste of the culture website and find that. And that's kind of what I hopefully will get to over time to be that, that, that hub, that place where you can find all these things. That's something that's lacking. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard, right? Like it's, and I, there are people that are compiling lists 
you know, I have a list. Other people have lists. Some of us work together with lists. And I think that's great. But I think overall, you know, I would love to see, like, a central place where you can find all those things. And that's kind of the goal is to be that central hub to, to, to host everything. And, and it can be that resource. No, that's great. That's great. Even on, on my end, if, the, if you have anything that you could offer, you know, so I could pass it along. Sure. That's the thing. It's like, it's this continuous, like I said, it's always about research, joining, you know, joining together as a community and really kind of sh shoot, shooting the voices out there. And what you're doing, again, I tell this to every ambassador that I sit with, is you're doing something that is creating a voice. You're creating an impact. You're making, you're, you're creating positivity within the industry. And and you you said it you said it somewhat is uh, you're doing this because it hasn't had the amplification of it you know much much amplification and and now you're getting all these all these voices coming in and going hey I I got this and I can do this and and I can give you this and this is great this is great and um, yeah uh, the more that I learn about what you're doing it's just Again, it's it's something that we all need to do as the ambassadors really support and really have a voice for these these producers out there that are just really unhurt, you know. And this is a great thing that you're doing. Um, I know, like I, I hate watching watching the clock because I always say Instagram cuts our time off so short. Um, but what what would you want to see as far as the industry where would you want to see the industry go so we wouldn't have to do so much digging where would you like to see the industry you know what i mean well that's a good question i think distribution is probably distribution and, and the retail structure overall is, is probably the main thing right now we'll see the three-tier system is what it is i mean you know that that that's not as much of an issue as some of the how dated some of the laws are, right? Where, right. you know, I, I, again, you know, I'm not a politician, right? So I, I'll, I'll never get into why certain states have their, you know, have control. If I was a state, if I was a government and I control, you know, alcohol sales, you know how much money that brings in? So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> but right. I think that's, we have to take into consideration what time we're in, right? It's 2021, technology, you know, rules everything, right? And some of these states are doing a, a, a certain good job, somewhat of a good job now, right, where they're trying to find a way to get into the 21st century and embrace some of these things. But again, it's so much red tape. It's so many things you have to do where I think overall we just need to give people more of a, of a choice, right, that, you know, when you're online, everything's available to you. It should be that way when it comes to wine and spirits. I mean, every year, you know, there's new records being broken as far as, you know, how much wine and spirits people are drinking. Right, um, right, and, you know, right. I'm a millennial, right, and which a term that I'm not the biggest fan of, but, yeah, I'm, I'm that, and, you know, that's what we do. We explore. I mean, even non-alcoholic spirits are, are something that's growing, right, ready-to-drink cocktails, all these things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, the innovation is happening so much faster than anybody was prepared for, right? And right. if all the channels of, of sales don't adapt to that, then, you know, you're going to lose out. And I think that's the thing that I, I would just love to see, you know, the retail space be different. Distrib distributors, you know, I, I think there's too much consolidation there. Um, you know, I won't get into who's what and, and all that. I mean, I used to work for one, I'll say that. Um, so I, I would I would love to see some change there. I, I think there's advantages, right? Like when you're a brand and you go to a distributor and they're available in like 40 states, that's amazing, right? But right. the thing people don't think about is how many other brands are part of that distributor, right? And right. as a salesperson, I'll tell you, you know, you can only focus on so much. Um, and I think that's the thing is, you know, as much as, you know, even some of these brands I've worked with, like, I'm sure all of them would be happy to get a phone call that they could be with a distributor that's in 40 states. But, you know, are you really going to be the focus of that distributor? Is it really going to benefit right. you or is it going to hurt you? So I think that's the thing that I want to see is, is, is definitely some changes in, in the distributors where, you know, maybe, you know, there are distributors out there that's only for craft brands or, or whatever have you. It's that, that, that's something that I would love to see change because what's happening now is, you know, every, you know, six months you hear about somebody else getting bought and it's like, you know, what other options do you have? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
No, you, you hit it. You hit it right on the head. Uh, I totally believe that. You know, that's and and like I said, I've been at the retail end of things and just books that I've opened up to orders from different merchants that I've worked for and to go, why, why are we, why aren't we ordering this? Mm -hmm. Why are we isolated to just order these things? And, you know, like you said, if, if more, if the distributors or if more retailers opened up opportunity instead of going, okay, well, we have to have this. Well, yeah, we have to have that, but we also should say we have to have this too. <laughs> this is a must. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because well, if you're saying that this one is a must, then all of it should be a must because you're going to see, I think you're going to see more sales. You're going to see more flux. You're going to see more people experimenting. And I think that's why, the, you know, like you said, the, the negativity of COVID turned positive because people were at home and they started to go, okay, they started coming out of their comfort zones and started saying, I'm going to order this. I'm just going to try it out. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And now things are happening. You have wines in a can that people used to be afraid of. Now people are buying wines in a can because they're like, I've it's convenient. It's this. It tastes good. It's really, you know, it's really good wine. And so, you know, that gives a lot more opportunity. And I think if we keep on as the consumer itself, I always say, and I believe this, if we have the power as consumers, if we said we won't buy gas one day, all of us, because the gas prices are too high, the gas companies, the oil companies will go crazy. Right. And that's the same thing. If we demand, hey, as a consumer, we need to have these bottles. Why can't we have these bottles on the shelf? There should be more of these bottles on the shelf. But what you're doing is you're creating that opportunity. You yourself is creating that opportunity. And that is awesome and that is important thank you and so i know we're ending our our show it's that time and i hate it but um good. <laughs> and I, I i like i said i think all the ambassadors on here are doing an amazing job you're doing an amazing job what would you like to say to those people that are just getting into the business that are beginning their journey or in the middle of their journey or at the crossroads that are trying to make their fingerprint into the industry, what would you, what advice could you give them? The biggest piece of advice I would give is, is be authentic. Uh, tell your story. I think that's something that even as I created this, uh, I think to the culture, this business is something that I'm, you know, I, there's something I did, you know, as a marketer, you do that for other brands, but realizing that if you have a brand, if you're looking to get in the business, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's what people are attached to. Now, every spirit and wine tastes different, but they all, all taste the same, right? You know, at the end of the day, yeah. how much, how different are whiskeys? How different are tequilas? There's a general sense of them being similar, right? So the stories and, and what and the emotional attachment people have to the brands is what's different, right? So the more you do that, the better you'll be and, and the more uh, people that you'll have are, that are fans of your brand. That's something that you, you can't, you know, that's, that's why the big brands are what they are because they have the resources to continue to innovate those stories, to change those stories. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I mean, to name a brand, I mean, remember when, when vodka was, was the thing, flavor vodka, and there used to be 40 flavored vodkas out there and they were trying to find a way to, to you know, to, to be the next sex in the city, Cosmo, you know, featured vodka right. or whatever. Now, you know, tequila's going through that. So just to kind of just think about, you know, to be authentic, tell that story. That's all the brands that are getting big now are, are doing that in some type of way. If, if you're not a celebrity brand, right? That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, which, you know, they have their place. I don't, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with, with some of those, but if you're really just, you know, out there trying to create something cool, to tell a story and, and, and once people hear that and they try it out and it, it, more often than not, it'll speak for itself. Awesome. Awesome. And where can we find Sean and his awesome subscription so you can visit a taste of the culture.com or you can visit us on social media on instagram and facebook we're at a taste of the culture on twitter we're a taste of the call number one uh twitter has a character limit so we weren't able to do that but on my website you'll be able to find all the information about subscriptions as well as our new cocktail boxes which i have a standalone cocktail box that features black leaf vodka right here um, and I'll be releasing more in the future where if you don't want to subscribe, you can still buy a cocktail box and enjoy a black owned spirit and mixer.
Awesome. 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 Well, and don't forget if you are, if you are uh, on this right now and you do not follow, you don't follow Sean, go ahead and follow Sean right now. You can click on that little arrow up on top where it says breaking bread with Corey. You can click on his little profile and follow, start different. following him. Start supporting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start supporting his business. Um, join his subscription. Um, this is the time where we got to do it. We got to support each other in this community. Um, and you know, I thank you so much again for your, your time, uh, sharing your story. I know we only touched the tip of the iceberg of what you're doing. Um, I'd love to have you back sometime sure. in the future. Sure. You know, uh, I love to hear everybody's journey where they're going. Cause it's all about the journey, what we're doing, you know? And, um, sure. Yeah, I love to keep in touch. We got to stay in touch, and and like I said, uh, I would love to bring you back on and and share more of what you're doing. Sure, thank you for the opportunity. I I really appreciate an opportunity to talk about the business and and what we're trying to do. And uh, you know, kudos to you and, and the audience you've been able to build up uh, with with this series and and everything that you do. So so thank you. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. And like I said, this is the time to support it. So go ahead and follow Sean if you can follow me um and we appreciate all the support i appreciate your support um and until next time sean you know we'll cheers. uh we'll definitely do this again cheers sure. man sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go all right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me for uh, part one of a two-part uh, show today. Um, Sean McLeod from A Taste of the Culture subscription box. You've got to follow him, uh, check out his website, um, some amazing things that he's doing. He is another ambassador, breaking down barriers, creating opportunity um, for the consumer. That's what we all want to do. We want the, the consumer to explore and have that opportunity. So what he's doing is very good. And uh, just stay tuned in just a little under 10 minutes. We're going to bring on our next guest, Gloria Paisan of Mario Paisan Sellers. We're going to be drinking their wine and talking love and wine with her, her and her husband, Mario, um, and their family story. It's going to be an amazing show, so stay tuned. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Cheers. Bye.